Welcome to the Model Podcast. This is your host, Philip Sierra. Today, we will be speaking with Oscar Zambrano, who is the current president and one of the co-founder members of the Medical Organization for the Latino Advancement. Oscar is an experienced social entrepreneur uh, who works as a director for business development and equity for Advocate Aurora Health, where he has held uh, several positions for the last 13 years. Today, he will be telling us about how MOLA was born and what he expects to achieve during his president's term that began last October. Welcome y bienvenidos to the MOLA podcast. Hola, ¿qué tal? Buenos días. Eh, le saludas Philip Sierra aquí dándole la bienvenida a esta eh, primera, ahora sí de verdad, edición del eh, podcast de MOLA. Welcome to the uh, MOLA podcast. Uh, hoy me acompaña aquí un hombre que no necesita presentación, pero que igual lo vamos a presentar. Oscar Iván, ¿cómo estás? Muy bien, muchas gracias. Encantado de estar aquí contigo, Philip. Y muy agradecido por todas tus uh, contribuciones y colaboración con MOLA. Oscar, this is the first year you're going to be functioning as the president of MOLA. Uh, for those who uh, are just tuning in or those who are members but still don't understand quite well exactly how this idea came to become a reality, cuéntanos un poquito. ¿Cómo es que está por ahí Oscar un día y dice, oiga, que hay un problema? vamos a resolverlo y hoy ya años después hemos avanzado un montón. Yep, you're right. Um, it, it was not a, a, a student thought, but more the consequence of, of having experienced and observed the lack of representation of Hispanics in healthcare in uh, spheres of uh, decisions, allocating resources, uh, designing policy, providing services, was a lack of representation of Hispanics, mostly in, based on my work, uh, mostly in the physician side. There were not uh, an organized group of physicians, at least in Chicago, that were representing the community and uh, advocating, if not fighting, for the rights of our community and uh, the structural discrimination and exclusion of our communities from the benefits and the rights that uh, all Americans have. How did you find out about this problem? ¿Cómo te diste cuenta que, oye, aquí hay una necesidad? Well, uh, my, I was working for a healthcare network and uh, my role was to uh, distribute services of the hospital-based um, uh, service lines in, into the community. And so I have to interact with physicians, uh, recruiting them or aligning them with this network. And uh, what I saw was that there was uh, a lot of isolated cases of uh, physicians who were not integrated into a common group of interested uh, people in advancing representation and equity for the Latinx community. There were many uh, Hispanic physicians, not, not enough, uh, as we all know, only 6% of the physicians in the nation are Hispanic and yet about 20% of the population is Hispanic. So there is a clear disparity there. And then we, if we go deeper, we see that uh, that 6% includes physicians who are not uh, facing the Hispanic community or serving in the Hispanic community or they are working in subspecialties that are not providing access to primary care and general uh, medicine services uh, to our community. So the gap is significant. And it, it, when it comes to Chicago, where MOLA was born, 
uh, we saw that uh, there were physicians isolated. They don't they didn't know about each other. They were working in their uh, little niches or little corners of whatever organization they were working for, with, or uh, if they were independent physicians, they were also isolated and working uh, in communities that were not well integrated to the whole network of uh, the healthcare system. So that was the need, and I observed the need. I'm not a physician, I'm a public health professional, and uh, in uh, realizing that, I started gathering the interest of other people that uh, had observed the same and had the same question. Why is it that our uh, Latinx community of physicians is not represented, well represented, or at the table when decisions are made uh, when it comes to serving our community? And uh, that's how the idea of MOLA started. Uh, I had the fortune of meeting a colorectal surgeon, Dr. Joaquin Estrada, and uh, an emergency medicine physician, Dr. Pilar Ortega, and the three of us uh, were talking and talking about ideas of how to organize a group of Hispanic physicians that would take uh, or, or, or fill that void at least in the Midwest, the Chicago area. We did work a little bit separately uh, with the National Hispanic Medical Association, a great organization that is serving the interest of uh, our community at the federal national level in Washington, D.C., uh, but so clearly an opportunity to complement that representation with a more local-focused representation of physicians Hispanic physicians in uh, the Chicago and the Midwest area. And that's how, right after the election, the 2016 election, and I don't have to tell or to remind people what happened, <laughs> then... Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's hard to forget. Like, like, right? <laughs> so we we just uh, thought, well, enough talking, and it's it's time to for us to act. So in February 22nd of 2017, we launched, we had an inaugural uh, event. 70 physicians came to uh, a social gathering when we talked about the idea and we recruited our first board of directors there. By May of 2017, MOLA was already an officially formed 501c3. Then we were uh, already um, functioning as a formally organized association uh, of uh, Latinx professionals in medicine and, and we expanded to other fields in May of 2017. That year the main activity that we focused on was to organize a symposium that was back then in October of 2017, our first annual Latino Health Symposium in Chicago and uh, we focused on cancer the, 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 that year. Uh, and then uh, it started uh, uh, something that is already an institution and is the annual Latino Health Symposium in uh, the Midwest that has become uh, a reference for uh, not only regional but uh, national for a lot of things that MOLA started working on with uh, a, a lot of different institutions and people. And uh, here we are, six years after that, we have about 1,400 members and we have a very interesting constituency of aspiring youth to become physicians, 
uh, Latinx youth, of course, and then uh, people who are graduated in medicine uh, in Latin America that are trying to pursue or pursuing uh, practicing medicine in the U.S., and also uh, a number of practicing physicians, uh, researchers, faculty, uh, and um, just uh, clinicians that uh, are comprised this 1,400 group of, uh, of very enthusiastic individuals working towards uh, career advancement and health equity. That, that is amazing. And of course, uh, there is a wide number of nonprofits that are uh, aiming to help uh, Hispanic communities. The, the difference that I, that I see with MOLA uh, is that we might not look like there is a direct impact on the community, but the impact that the, the, the work that MOLA does, uh, it's great because um, understanding uh, you know, the, the social determinants of health one of them is that if you don't see yourself reflected in the medical professional that is taking care of you, sometimes people won't even go to the doctor, but some other times they will, they will go, but they won't be open about some things. There's going to be this barrier, uh, and there's going to be this bias, either from the doctor uh, or the nurse or the clinician or from the patient himself or herself. Uh, who's not going to be comfortable enough, maybe because their English is not that good, or maybe because uh, uh, there's things that culturally will not be easy to translate to someone who doesn't have your background. So have you heard about any uh, success case in, in scenarios like this where you see, okay, yeah, we don't have like a number of people, like patients that we have helped, but there's this number of doctors who have come up to me and told me, hey, you know what? what we're doing is actually making a difference. Yes, uh, in many ways. So one of the elements that uh, explains the health status of an individual is access to healthcare services. Uh, it's not the only element, but it's an important one. And uh, when it comes to uh, accessing healthcare, it is scientifically proven that uh, language concordancy and cultural concordancy uh, are uh, important elements to that lead to better health outcomes and better health status. Uh, so understanding the health issue, understanding the way the health issue is being addressed, treatment, and the level of adherence to the treatment, and also the collaboration that should exist between the patient and the provider, the clinician, the physician, uh, is better when there is a uh, cultural and linguistic or linguistic uh, concordance. This is proven. So MOLA contributes to the betterment of the community by uh, providing a platform for uh, Latinx physicians to interact among themselves and help each other with specific issues related to caring for the Latinx patient. Not only that, MOLA also provides a platform to access financial support and peer support and guidance. So those that are in the community aspiring to be physicians or dreaming about being physicians or uh, other healthcare professionals have the opportunity to 
have the guidance and the financial support and the peer support so they can pursue and be successful in achieving the level of education that would lead, uh, lead them to serve the Hispanic community. So we want to make sure that we have personas que se ven como nosotros, que hablan como nosotros, atendiendo a nuestros pacientes, a nuestra comunidad. Y es de esa forma, MOLA contributes directly. What we have seen in the six years that we have been in, in existence is that we have already a significant diaspora of individuals that have joined the organization as students, have already gone through all the training required for them to be practicing physicians and other healthcare professionals, and now they are practicing. So uh, we have, for example, the case of uh, uh, an international graduate that came to MOLA uh, aspiring to match uh, for a residency program. Uh, this individual was able to match in Puerto Rico with a pediatric uh, uh, residency program. And then after that, this individual is now completing her fellowship in pediatric gastroenterology. Uh, a Peruvian native who is uh, most likely going to serve uh, the community in, many, in any area where the disparity is significant in the U.S. And um, that is how how it helped her to achieve that uh, level of uh, of success in their academic pursuit uh, is going to lead to better health services for people that might have not otherwise get, gotten access to uh, a pediatric gastroenterologist. Uh, and the same is to be said in many examples uh, that we have of people that have been in medical school or aspiring to get accepted to medical school and now are finishing their medical school training and getting into residency and, uh, and then practicing. So what we really want is to affect change in that disparity, that gap of 6% of physicians being Hispanic in the U.S. and making it closer to the 20% of Hispanics that are represented in, in the overall population. Which would be a, an ideal number, but going back to this uh, support for those who pursue a, a medical career, this is done through the Michael Reese Foundation, the help that they provide for the Scholars Program. So tell us a little bit about that Scholars Program. How does it work? Let's say I'm someone who's just uh, stumbled upon this podcast right now, and I'm about to finish high school or going to, into pre-med. And I've never heard of this, uh, and I desperately need support. How can we help? That's a great question. And we have uh, our structure is divided into two branches. One branch is MOLA Academic Pathways. Uh, what we offer in MOLA Academic Pathways is an opportunity for students to join the organization, which is a free of charge membership. And once they are members, uh, they can apply for the mentorship program. That mentorship program is a general mentorship with a core curriculum helping them in areas like how to write up a, a good essay or an interest letter that would lead them to be accepted to a four-year graduate pro, uh, um, pre, uh, undergraduate program or a graduate program uh, in medicine or any, any other healthcare profession, uh, and uh, or dealing with uh, um, uh, imposter syndrome, for example, which is something that extremely common am among uh, immigrants. 
uh, or how to be advocates for themselves. And we have the mentorship program divided into four groups now, an LGBTQ interest group, uh, an international graduates interest group, a dreamers interest group, and a general uh, group. They have access to mentorship and guidance uh, with, as I mentioned, a core curriculum and a one-on-one mentorship experience with a healthcare professional or someone that is ahead in, in their pathways, in similar pathways. And then uh, a, this is complemented by uh, the scholars program that, is, as you mentioned, is supported mainly by the Michael Reese Education and Research Foundation. Uh, they provide us with a significant portion of the, of the funds that would uh, support financially our scholars program. The scholars uh, program is a competitive uh, opportunity for Latinx uh, aspiring physicians or other healthcare professions they apply with a, a proposal of working on a research project that is going to uh, help the Hispanic community. And uh, we select between 10 and 15 scholars every year. They also have the support not only of a preceptor that is an expert in the area where they have proposed the research project, but also another program we have which is the faculty scholar program and the faculty scholar program is also a competitive uh, financial support uh, that would link the scholars with a faculty junior faculty latinx person that would work in any of the 1a research institutions in the nation right now we have dr monica bianco a pediatric endocrinologist who is working uh, on research for Northwestern University and is helping our scholars with the methodological elements to the research project so it's a successful one by the time they finish their project. In addition to that, we uh, provide uh, an opportunity for our scholars and other researchers to showcase their work and research in uh, affecting and helping the Latinx community through our Latinx Health Symposium. As I mentioned before, it's already an institution in Chicago and representing the Midwest, and uh, we have now national speakers coming to uh, present and interact and gather with uh, like-minded individuals in research and uh, academic advancement in um, affecting and helping the Latinx health disparities uh, across the, the U.S. or regionally or locally. So that's, that's the complement of things that we offer in the MOLA pathways. We have another pathway, and that is uh, the MOLA leadership pathway. That's uh, another completely different branch where we support the um, building skills in leadership. Uh, so our members can also, those are that are interested, uh, can build skills around representation, organization, uh, being part of board uh, boards of different type of organizations, being uh, representatives of the community in different um, areas, uh, and hopefully achieve the level of decision making, participation in, let's say, Chicago Board of Health. When I am a member, where I am a member since last year, or um, uh, one of our member founders is now the vice president of diversity, equity, and inclusion for 
the Accreditation Council of Graduate Medical Education, ACGME, uh, in, in the U.S., and that's important because uh, we have our work and uh, our perspectives being considered in spaces and spheres where we can affect change and better representation of our professionals. And so we have those two, two branches, the, the MOLA academic ways and MOLA leadership ways. And that leadership, basically, uh, the importance of this one is that uh, basically it becomes an amplifier of our voices, not only for the medical professionals, but also for those who are patients, because at the end of the day, they are going to be the ones who will receive the benefit, or basically, let's say, they're, ones, they're the ones missing out of the benefit right now. True. Absolutely. Uh, the, the, we do this based on the fact that our communities are experiencing uh, disparities in their health status, uh, partially explained not only by the social determinants of health, but uh, also a healthcare system that it might not be best suited to serve those that are part of our communities and to provide access. They have the right of accessing a lot of services, but they, don't, they cannot exercise that right if they don't have uh, avenues uh, like the, the ones MOLA is providing with uh, Latinx people running the organizations, running the processes, applying the policies, uh, and designing the, the policies and making decisions along with others on things that are going to affect uh, positively the access to healthcare services to our community. Y esos servicios prestados en español y esas personas que hablan español y que representan la comunidad en el ámbito médico y otras profesiones de la salud pueden mejor representar a, a esa comunidad a, a la que están sirviendo y esa es el, la prerrogativa importante que tenemos en MOLA eh, es que si no nos organizamos nosotros y no nos ponemos uh, las pilas como decimos en algunos lugares de Latinoamérica a, a hacer nuestros derechos válidos y a tener una fuerza de poder eh, en el sentido de que somos una comunidad organizada no vamos a lograr un cambio eh, así tengamos los derechos está demostrado en la historia de este país que si no nos organizamos y luchamos por el ejercicio de esos derechos por la promoción de esos derechos por el desarrollo de esos derechos para que las personas tengan una vida digna y saludable no lo vamos a lograr y MOLA quiere ser una plataforma para que esos derechos y esas formas de que hacer los derechos un ejercicio vital para las personas de nuestra comunidad sea posible, eso es lo que pretende MOLA con sus servicios. Y es que para, para muchas de nuestras personas eh, estos derechos se siguen viendo como privilegios y en realidad no lo son, pero eh, hay una cuestión extraña eh, que, que tiene eh, los Estados Unidos y es que eh, todos los que hoy son nuestros derechos en algún momento hubo que pelearlos. Eh, entonces, en este caso es una especie de lucha por un derecho civil a la salud, que, que casi no se toca, pero, pero pues ahí se, se está haciendo. Eh, Oscar, nos quedan ya prácticamente tres minutitos de, de este podcast. Eh, hablemos también de lo que, lo que está pasando, porque tenemos el, el, el chapter aquí de Mola, Chicago, pero también hay uno en, en Wisconsin. Sí. Bueno, había dicho antes que tenemos miembros... De, a, a nivel nacional y, y esto es porque empezamos con estudiantes que probablemente estaban en Chicago o estaban en Illinois 
pero que ahora ya están haciendo residencia o ejerciendo sus profesiones en cualquier lugar del país. Entonces nuestros casi 1.400 miembros, tenemos muchos de ellos en localidades distintas de, de Illinois, ah, pero hemos decidido empezar a, a abrir capítulos en donde haya un mínimo, uh, una masa crítica de personas interesadas en hacer un cambio efectivo a la provisión de servicios en esas localidades. Eh, y ese es el caso de Wisconsin, donde hay dos escuelas de medicina uh, y donde hay múltiples sistemas de salud uh, sirviendo latinos. En Wisconsin el 7% de la población es latina. Uh, nuestro capítulo ya está concentrado en la Universidad de Wisconsin en Madison y tenemos allá un grupo de investigadores, docentes, uh, estudiantes y practicantes de medicina y otras profesiones que están muy entusiásticamente trabajando duro para uh, afectar cambio en Wisconsin, en donde nuestra comunidad se ve todavía más relegada, segregada, discriminada y limitado el acceso a los servicios de salud. Y entonces estamos muy orgullosos de haber lanzado el año pasado una relación formal con otra non-for-profit que está trabajando uh, bajo la licencia de MOLA y que va a, a afectar a cambios a nivel estatal y a contribuir al cambio regional y nacional que estamos con el que estamos trabajando, en el que estamos trabajando. Estamos muy orgullosos de ese capítulo de Wisconsin de MOLA y seguramente habrá otros capítulos próximamente abriéndose porque a MOLA está generando mucho interés. Una uh, característica que nos identifica y, y, y nos da un carácter un poco especial y distinto es que MOLA tiene un arraigo en la comunidad en donde está trabajando y uh, nosotros queremos trabajar con la juventud que quiere y está aspirando y sueña ser profesionales de la salud sirviendo su comunidad en aquellas comunidades marginadas en donde quiera que estén los latinos. Entonces hay interés en Indiana, hay interés en Ohio, hay interés en Nueva York y donde haya una masa crítica de personas que estén en el ámbito académico, de practicar medicina o profesiones de la salud y estudiantes, podemos abrir capítulos y, y, y esto lo tenemos muy claro que queremos crece, continuar creciendo. Y hablando precisamente de, de jóvenes que sueñan, pues hablemos de los jóvenes soñadores, de los dreamers, porque también ahí hay un programa que eh, permite que, que estos jóvenes soñadores, los que se encuentran bajo el programa de, de DACA, también tengan acceso a todos estos eh, apoyos, a, estos, a, estos, a este soporte que ofrece MOLA para que puedan perseguir también una, una carrera en el campo médico. Philip, es uno de los aspectos que nos tiene más orgullosos en MOLA. Uh, un grupo de personas interesadas, ya miembros de MOLA, que además uh, son dreamers o beneficiarios del permiso temporal uh, y que llegaron, como todos lo sabemos, como niños y eh, han estado indocumentados, uh, pero han vivido toda su vida en los Estados Unidos. Tenemos un grupo de dreamers que se autodenominó Aves del Paraíso, que es un nombre muy bonito, eh, en el que ellos reclaman eh, el sentido que tienen y el valor que tienen para contribuir al sistema de salud en los Estados Unidos y eh, este grupo de Aves del Paraíso eh, es un grupo de dreamers que están en la escuela de medicina o en profesiones de salud 
o que están aspirando a llegar a ella, que tienen uh, una uh, serie de necesidades específicas relacionadas con su estatus y relacionada con las cosas que tienen que enfrentar. Y uh, para ellos tenemos una, un programa dentro de mentoría que les permite acceder a, al aprendizaje y la, y la práctica de, de habilidades que les va a ayudar en ser um, autoabogados, en, en servirse a sí mismos para que puedan a, avanzar, uh, self-advocacy, y también eh, en otros elementos como el hecho de que pueden acceder a todos los otros servicios que describí uh, en el Mall Academic Pathways, y, y estamos también trabajando en el ámbito de apoyar cualquier iniciativa legislativa que le permita a los uh, dreamers, uh, a, a los miembros de nuestra organización y más allá uh, de Aves del Paraíso, uh, obtener la, la posibilidad de eh, una permanencia completamente eh, a, a, alineada con el derecho que debieran tener ellos de ser ciudadanos de los Estados Unidos y de contribuir a este país como ya lo están haciendo Perfecto Oscar, pues bueno, vamos ya a, a darle cierre a esta primera edición de el Mola Podcast <risa> <risa> pero vamos a, a, a darle a la gente eh, la página para que obtengan más informaciones, chicagomola.com ahí está eh, pues toda la información, cómo se pueden eh, volver miembros están las últimas noticias, está la explicación de todos los los programas y también eh, tenemos pues, las redes sociales en Facebook, eh, lo encuentran como MOLA Medical Organization for Latino Advancement, MOLA Medical Organization for Latino Advancement, también muy recomendado que nos sigan en el, lo que es el LinkedIn, que también está como Medical Organization for Latino Advancement, eh, Twitter MOLA Chicago, Twitter es MOLA Chicago y en YouTube está Chicago MOLA, al revés. Sí, y, y no, no se dejen engañar, no es solo Chicago. Ah, sí, no, no, es, es, es otro es, dominio. Es en honor al, al, al lugar de nacimiento, de nacimiento pero... sí. <risas> Tenemos otro dominio precisamente para evitar la, que, que se asuma que es solo en Chicago y ese es el de molahealth.org. Molahealth.org. Ok, perfecto. Oscar, ¿algo más que quieras agregar antes del cierre? No, ah, pues muy contento de iniciar esta serie de podcasts en la que vamos a, a, a también a traer como invitados a personas que han contribuido o que tienen algo que decir y que enseñar y que inspirar a nuestros miembros y más allá de nuestros miembros en lograr una participación efectiva de nuestra fuerza de trabajo latina en, uh, la, en la promoción y la prestación de servicios de salud en los Estados Unidos y a uh, tener un poco más de equidad, uh, ojalá la que nos uh, merecemos como somos el 20% de la población y vamos a ser más de 50 millones de personas hablando español en los Estados Unidos siendo el país más grande de hispanohablantes en los próximos 20 años entonces preparémonos para ellos, para, para hacer la mayoría pero con consistencia eh, y los invitamos a que se unan a la organización, los estudiantes no pagan, uh, tienen un descuento del 100% de los, de la, del valor de la afiliación como miembro y los invitamos entonces a, a que se unan a, a esta empresa de equidad y de desarrollo de nuestra comunidad como profesionales. Y ta también la invitación a los filántropos. ¿no? Por supuesto, somos una organización sin ánimo de lucro y dependemos a 100% de a aportes gubernamentales que tenemos muy pocos 
o de aportes corporativos y aportes de individuos. A el, el, el programa de, de, de Scholars, por ejemplo, tiene una participación importante de personas que donan recursos financieros para a, a aportar a las becas que estamos dando, que como lo expliqué, son becas con apoyo en el desarrollo de proyectos de investigación. Entonces, únase a esta empresa y, uh, y siéntase bienvenido y sus ideas completamente bienvenidas para que podamos ser una plataforma de desarrollo de nuestros profesionales en salud de los Estados Unidos. Well, Oscar, thank you so much and thank you all for uh, sticking out and, and, and listening to the complete podcast. Uh, we will be doing this once a month and, uh, well, uh, of course, we will announce on the newsletter what's coming up, uh, but uh, keep tuned. And if you have any uh, questions, make sure to send an email to philipsierra2022 at u.northwestern.edu. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll see you, I'll hear you in a month. Okay, muchas gracias. Bye. Aquí nos vemos.